While Theodosia possessed a southern lady's gentility and grace, she was also fiercely independent and courageous. She wasn't afraid to stand up for her rights, take her place in the business community, accept any challenge that was thrown at her, and champion the occasional underdog. It was this unflagging courage and disdain for inertia that made her cornflower blue eyes fairly dance with excitement. I could gaze into this tank forever, she murmured, partly to Drayton, partly to herself. Theodosia had been born with a love of the sea, as well as all living sea creatures, from enormous humpback whales to minuscule anemones. And each year, when tiny leatherback hatchlings crawled out of their nests on Hallihurst Beach, Theodosia helped shepherd these newborn turtles across the treacherous sand, where hungry shorebirds hovered, and into the safety of the sea. And, of course, living in Charleston, a city built on a grand peninsula that enjoyed the crashing, lashing waves of the Atlantic, put Theodosia in almost constant touch with water. If she wasn't speeding across the dizzying Cooper River Bridge, she was enjoying the local bounty of briny shrimp and fresh oysters, or jogging with her dog, Earl Grey, at White Point Gardens, on the very tip of the peninsula. At the very least, Theodosia was able to inhale the intoxicating scent of sea salt on the warm breezes as she bustled about her little tea shop on nearby Church Street. Haley's been giving me some rather stern lectures concerning sustainable seafood, Drayton smiled. Apparently, it's acceptable for bluefish and yellowfin tuna to be served in her luncheon crepes and chowders, but Chilean sea bass is strictly verboten. Contrary to what people have believed for centuries, said Theodosia, there just isn't an unlimited supply of fish in our oceans. Pity, said Drayton, how we humans tend to muck things up. He touched an index finger to the thick glass, then turned even more serious. You know, don't you, that the folks from Solstice are here tonight? Solstice was the restaurant that Theodosia's former boyfriend, Parker Scully, owned and ran, a popular bistro that offered tapas and a wine bar. Theodosia nodded. I know. I hope that's not why you're dodging all the champagne and merriment. It's not, Theodosia told him. She gave a shrug, easy to do in her cute one-shouldered number. Parker and I are just fine. She and Parker had had their talk, a very frank discussion about ending their two-year relationship, and now things were simpatico. At least, she assumed they were. I'm cool, he's cool, she told Drayton. Excellent, said Drayton. He peered down his aquiline nose. Then I suppose you've already spoken with Parker tonight? No, just to Chef Toby. Toby Crisp was the executive chef at Solstice, the one who created tapas for the bar and low country cuisine for the dining room, and kept the kitchen humming but I'm sure Parker's around somewhere. I'm sure I'll run into him. 
Drayton stepped away from the glass, then hesitated. Our bursting his buttons executive director, David Sadakas, is slated to give a welcoming speech in another ten minutes or so. He glanced down and tapped his watch, an antique Patek Philippe. Actually, five minutes. And you're thinking it would be politically correct if I were there, said Theodosia since Sadakas also sits on the board of your beloved Heritage Society. Your applause would be most welcome. Then I'll be there. Drayton gave the short half-bow of a fencing instructor and quickly departed, while Theodosia, in no hurry to rejoin the boisterous crowd, turned her attention back to the ocean wall. What was the hypnotic pull, she wondered, that the sea had on her? She bent forward and touched her cheek against the coolness.